give you the contract to deliver him to me alive. Where do I find him? He's to be moved across the border and taken to an army barracks at Zimbala. And you want me to intercept him and deliver him to you? Correct. Julius Zimbani is alive. I don't care. Yes, you do. I'm finished with all of that. I'm getting too old. By the way, so are you. I've got Ray for Jarvis. Good. You haven't got Sean Finn. Alan, what? Not even a hearty handshake. The car just pulled up to the back door. Sean. Sean Finn. How are you, Peter? Why would you be looking for me? For the Tiger. Age 42, sir. 12 years in the Blight Watch, rank of Sergeant. Blake, Jesse, Donaldson, sir. Whitty, Arthur, sir. Age 43, medical orderly. The countdown has started for the wild geese. 50 steel-hard mercenaries. They train like dogs. They fly like birds. They fight like jackals. Now, Limbardi's being delivered tomorrow night. business. Killing is their trade. Their mission, to save the life of the president of a new African nation. Sit still, right where you are, don't move. Everybody okay? Find Captain Johns. If he's set, tell him to send Lieutenant Finn to take the airport. Whites have carried you people on our backs ever since we came to this country. You need me to save your miserable black life right now, don't you? Then you may need me to save yours. We need each other, white men.
and welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Meds. And I'm Mark. You're seeing quite far back. You don't need to sit that far back. I know, you know, you know what happened. You know. As it, as it yeah, gets as more it gets... and more into it, I'll get more animated and you go, get back. So I'll just start <laughs> from the back. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the show. We have no idea what month this is because uh, this is pre-recorded. Because um, uh, we have to say professional we are, Cal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. as, you, as you probably listen to this, listeners... He's there with his plums out in the sun. Oh, the sun, the sun, where is it? Plums. <laughs> you didn't wow. realise what I said then, did you? I didn't know. Sun, you know. You know, people thinking, that's a bit easy, I'm not bothered about it. You're talking about being nude in his garden. <laughs> oh, dear me. Anyway, um, thank you to all those people that are listening and all our newcomers to the Facebook page. We seem to have quite a few people there. And we're getting a good amount of uh, email correspondence coming in, as mentioned on the last show. Um, so please do uh, join us. There'll be uh, information regarding our social media groups at the end of the podcast. Yeah. So. Stay on there to listen to it and uh, come and join our Facebook group page. We it's fairly easy to find it. It is, and there's no Rob Can is, is the next. This no, because, because say we are we are in advance. Yes, and also we may well be. I don't know when the uh, Desert Island Flicks is coming out. We're waiting for our, oh, our yeah. man, our man Coleman, yeah, the, li- yeah. the librarian. Yeah, yeah. old oh, man, he's younger than us, isn't he? But he so needs a pipe. Yeah, yeah, he does need a pipe. <laughs> and what are we talking about today? We're talking about the wild geese. We are. And uh, as we don't have any news or anything because of last, last, last month's episode, what do we do before we talk about it? We play the theme tune. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that's the uh, the over uh, over uh, score over score over tune, over which was weird because I was just saying to you, weren't I, when we were talking about this, whenever it was, that uh, oh I like that theme tune, Dan's just like a western, and then you give me the uh, witty fact, because witty retort of the director of this film, one Andrew V. McLaglan. He's most well known for doing westerns. But there you go. It just yeah. sounds like Bonanza or something. Until he did this film, and then he did loads of films just like this film. Well, there's no doubt it could be anyway. This says we Yeah. Now, did I? Did I? Yeah. Now, whilst we're talking about the director, and then we'll talk about. Is things, he still living and breathing? Sadly, not me, old oh, son. Okay. But not everyone else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the film. Uh, Andrew V. McLaglan, born of uh, that name on July the twenty eighth, nineteen twenty, in London. He passed away on August the 30th, 2014, at a ripe old age of 94. Oh, we had a good innings That's yeah. a good innings in Friday Harbour in Washington. Sounds like a nice place to live. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any more information about what he did. So, that's because... Um, I bet you did a Doubtful Force. It's just like Doubtful Force. It's like Doubtful Force, isn't it? I know. There's loads of films like this after this film, weren't there? Yeah, there is like... Just loads of them. What year is it? This year, this film, The Wild Geese, came out on the 28th of June, 1978, in South Africa first. And then on the 6th of July, 1978, in London. So it's a 78 film. Uh, at this and, point, and, and it definitely is a film of the 70s. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. Yeah, when it comes in. Uh, yeah you mentioned the, the music there. The music was done by Roy Budd, who's also most well known for doing the music for... Get Carter, oh, which I think is one of the great, and weirdly, just the, the soundtrack to another film that I'm buying you. Yeah. Would have bought you recently. Paper, Paper Tiger. Paper Tiger, one of my favourite mm-hmm. David Niven films, who was also by which, Roy Budd. I haven't not. I haven't not. I haven't not. What was that? You can tell me time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's two, two podcasting one day. Um, I, I haven't seen since you were a kid, like me. Since I was a kid, honestly, yeah. you have a proper. Oh, sorry to go into uh, kind of waffle thingy. Do you fancy doing? Um, mm, uh, do you? The way he said that, like he's going to turn the mic off. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a short break. Um, <laughs> doing a podcast on a short podcast, small podcast on. Um, Classic black and white serials from when we were a kid, like The Rocketeer. Well, you know I mean? I love that. Rocketeer and Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Only I'm, a short one, just a small podcast. Yeah, yeah, which was uh, amazingly talked about in uh, Voyager, weren't it? With, uh, That's the one I was thinking. I was watching Voyager the other day, and I mentioned Voyager with you earlier on. But uh, you know, mm. Star Trek fans hate them, sit there and say, oh, yeah, we can. I That's what you do, really use the Hollow Sweet Four. Really good fun. And sex. Yeah, 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 and sex, but you, you, you do yeah, it. But you like can't have sex in Star Trek, they don't exist. Right, no. Oh, there, Deanna. Well, didn't she get raped in an episode? That was rather dark, wasn't it? Oh, she got no. She got mentally raped. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think she was got it? physically raped. I don't, I don't think they. I don't think Next oh. Gen ever did that. <laughs> Maybe it was a pre nine o'clock show. Sorry, sorry. Mommy, but why is she being gang <laughs> Maybe that was a different film we saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, it is. It was just star porn or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Riker was always getting his leg over there. You it said must to have me, been a star you said to, porn, minute, you said to me before starting this podcast. No, we ain't. Oh, yeah, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say. We can't go off into Star Trek. Come on, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Sex and Star Trek. He's going to get with that. He's a, like, well, you would do if you had a hologram. Yeah, a hol- holodeck. The only one who ever was attracting people was Harry Kim was doing it, weren't they? Banging people. Was he? Yeah. I don't remember that being a thing. Do you think Jordy Ford fell in love? No, Jordy Ford did. Didn't Riker fall in love with a? a Riker didn't need to go to a hollow deck. Riker was Riker only had to. There was a French one, and it weren't there like a French one. Wasn't that the Jordy Ford? Do you remember when there was like a French girl? Anyone there? I think she was French. Anyway, it's not really. No, it's not really. What I'm talking about. Yeah, so Paper Tigers. Yeah, no, Roy Budd. 
But have we done get car? Do you know what? My wife was on about last night. Have you done get car? I said, we're at an age now where we couldn't do it. I'm sure if we haven't, we've got to do it. Both okay, I'll check, I'll check the... Both um, the best films, so... Yeah. Personally. Personally? Um, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, probably you, actually. Anyway, if we haven't done... I don't know, have we? I, I can't... I don't know, we've been doing this for nearly nine years, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're getting yeah, old. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, I listened to one of our old episodes the other day, because some, uh, someone put a really good... Um, no, they didn't. What am I thinking of? <laughs> I went and listened to something uh, to Anthony, you know, because we've got the podcast as yeah. coming up. And I said to Anthony, because um, I'm sure Red Dwarf is one of the first podcasts before the one we took down. And I thought, I'm going to listen to it just, just to see what it was like. Oh, God. We, we haven't changed that much. Changed which, that which, much. which is probably a bad thing. <laughs> I, I used to remember you always used to start the podcast off with Broadcast Live in the centre of England. Do you remember? Broadcast Live you know, in the centre of England. That's a bit embarrassing. This. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder where we started. What did it start? <laughs> I think it's because, well, no, because we kept changing the... Yeah, the podcast didn't make up that in it. Yeah, yeah. And now we just stick with our generic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, 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 yeah. So this film, The Wild Geese, um, it was directed by Andrew V. McLaglen, produced by Ewan Lloyd, screenplay by Reginald Rose, and it's based on the novel The Wild Geese by Daniel Carney. I oh, would that would be an interesting book to read, wouldn't it? Do you think? You know, yeah, because on my head, I thought it was Alistair McLean, you know, in my head, because he did a film on Mercenary as well called Dogs of War with Christopher mm. Walken, which is really, really good. And I just assumed it was Alistair McLean. I didn't know there was a book on it. Was... Well, well, McLean did Guns and Abraham, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, all them kind of bloody films. Did he do Force 10? For, oh, I don't know. Oh, it's got Barbara back in it, that film, actually. And Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. I like that film. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. and, but, but, uh,. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine the book. I can't imagine it's the same as that film. No, I can't because the stuff that only them three <laughs> actors. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't right. write some of the things that they do in it, or some of the <laughs> really ill-judged dialogue in it. Well, yeah, we'll come to that. It? Uh, it is edited by John Glenn. John Glenn, recognise the name? Well, the astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> Not this one. This is the uh, the the second tedious link to James Bond. The obvious tedious link is Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah, I was there. There are loads of links. Uh, he's a director. He's directed loads of um, loads of James Bond films. And they ended up as <laughs> well, nineteen seventy eight. So, but so yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that, that was his pasture, was it? Well, a lot of editors go on to be directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what they are. I'm sure he directed before that. And unfortunately, I don't quite know. Anyway, it's so movie time. One hundred thirty-four minutes. Country uh, of origin is uh, United Kingdom and of course Switzerland. Go away keyboard. Um, it, might, it had a budget of $1.423 million. Which is not a lot, because really, I bet you them, they must have been paid a bloody lot of money. Yeah, No, sorry, it had a budget of $11.6 million. I was going to say, that's, more, that's, that's just probably the British uh, money. But it didn't really make a lot of money no. back. It made $1.4 million in the US, wow. $1.1 million in, um, this is admissions, sorry. Um, but still not a lot, is it? And 1.4 admissions in Spain and 3.9 million in Germany. So I think it was probably classed as a flop, which is ironic because it's actually a really good. Yeah, it film. is. But maybe 1978, what was going on? Anything I, going on politically at that point? Like I said, I think as well, you've got to think as well. I, yeah, was it? Right, that was, it was really hot around that time and there was a lot going on, especially in yeah. Britain. Also, I think a lot of people boycotted it because of the apartheid. Exactly, yeah, like I said. The racial politics in it, as we'll get round to, are suspect. <laughs> I'll say it as that. <laughs> I, think, I think you're probably right, yeah. So, three main, well, the four main actors in this film. Let's talk about the main, well, one of the main ones, 
Richard Burton. Read that says that my thing says Richard Burton has Richard Burton. We include that picture as of him is uh, Julius Caesar. Uh, no, Anthony. Uh, yeah, Mike Anthony. Uh, born Richard Walter Jenkins Jr. on the tenth of November, nineteen twenty-five, in Porth. Oh, anyway, near Port Talbot. <laughs> is it, is it, where's that? Where's that? Porth. Oh no, Porth, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that either. Portage I thought it was going to be a Porth, I don't no, know. No, no, Portage Relefen, sorry, uh, Welsh people, in uh, Port Wales. And he sadly passed away on the 5th of August 1984, uh, aged only 58. He was only, like I say, he looked older than 58. He did look a lot older, <laughs> yeah, in Switzerland he died. Uh, now, look, he'd been married quite a few times. Uh, Sybil Williams, in, from 49 to 63. Elizabeth Taylor, 64 to 74, then 75 to 76. And uh, Susie Miller, 76 to 82. And Sally Hay until his death. Yeah, had uh, three children, including Kate Burton. Um, one of the last Hellraisers, would you say? Oh, one think... of the classic Hellraisers, probably not the last, because Ollie Reed was still going strong. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, no, no but uh, I think by then Richard Harris was calming down a lot by then, weren't they? Probably well, if we talk about Richard Burton. No, but I'm just saying, you talked about the last Hellraisers. Yeah. And I tried to think, I think Richard Harris was starting to calm down by then. I think Harris was. I think yeah, and I think, Peter, I think Peter O'Toole weren't too bad. I don't know, Peter O'Toole was pretty bad, weren't they? Look how much, look how In that book where, uh, where uh, Roger Moore went drinking with Peter O'Toole and oh, woke yeah. up three days later. <laughs> yeah. Three days! <laughs> and he looked like he was off his tits during Supergirl, which is like mid-80s, wasn't it? Yeah. Peter O'Toole. Uh, well, Burton, I think I Burton... Think Richard, I think he was the king one, because yeah. he was so... You know, we talk about alcohol, but as you were telling me that fact about his spine, hmm. it weren't funny, really. He was a chronic alcoholic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he, me. He weren't just an hellraiser. He was ill. He was ill um, during this film, and when he went and ha- got a health check out, they found that a hole of his spine was covered in crystallised alcohol. That's just... It, just see, I don't think there's any way you'd be allowed to be an actor and even step on the thing anymore because insurance probably wouldn't cover it anymore. No, they wouldn't, no, no, no. You no, wouldn't no, get no. away with being like them I anymore. I honestly don't think. That, well, the trouble is, though, these days, and this is no bad thing, I'm not knocking this, don't get me wrong, but as soon as someone has more than three pints, they're in rehab. Yeah. I mean, Affleck. That isn't, isn't he always in rehab? Just because the fact that he has a two minutes. I don't yeah. know. I mean, hey, it's not a bad thing. It's I think a lot of it is to do with so you don't break your contract. If yeah. you say you go to there, you keep going. I don't understand. But these people, we just... But there's no one now really who's... A, who's, who's like this. Who's a boozer. That we know of. I think he's probably... Really, there must be. Tom the, Hardy don't booze anymore. No, he did, he did when he was younger. Mind you, Russell Crowe looks like he's been boozing quite a bit. Oh, yeah, I think he's still like... What's he doing? Yeah, but his problem is he, he wanted to be them. Peter Rowe tall and... Yeah, but he was hanging out with Buddy Reed a lot, weren't yeah. he? And but he's put a bit of weight on, isn't he? Yeah, and like I said, people always talk about them... But there weren't nice people when they were like that, were nah. they? Like I said, Oliver Reed and the drunk was a nightmare. I think Richard Burton was supposed to be. Peter Rose all what definitely, yeah, definitely was. Richard Harris was horrible to people was when he was ever, drunk. Was there anybody who was a nice boozer, do you think? Liam Le- 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 Marvin was supposed to be vile as well, weren't they? Who? Lee Marvin. Le- oh, yeah. Uh, because yeah, but the, the, it's different levels of drinking they're doing now, isn't it? Oh, it's whiskey drinking. Yeah, they're alcoholics. Whiskey, yeah, they're alcoholics, aren't they? You know what I mean? Anyway, which, which is weird with it because <laughs> which you were telling me about getting on. You talk about Richard Burton being pr- pretty sober in this film. Well, no, they, but him and Harris were sober. He was in Harris's country. I think there might be a bit of a fact later on, but um, they had a, a deal where the fact that if he drank, then he'd lose virtually all of his wages. Which is strange. And Richard Burton plays someone who's drinking all the way through well, the, the film. Start, the, film <laughs> the film starts <laughs> off with him drinking a bottle of brandy out of a paper bag <laughs> in the. In the airport, yeah. you would not be allowed to be there drinking the back of the bottle of It's just and a really old piece like a tramp. They're drinking pints, right? And you're looking, you're thinking, I wonder if Roger Moore's got a real pint. 
Mm. Anyway, because yeah, he was a big drinker as well. But he just kept it quiet, didn't he? But he was a big drinker, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, Roger Moore was. Yeah, and he still he still enjoyed it well. In fact, actually, up to I mean, let's let's as we mentioned on the last podcast, the reason why we we're doing this one is because the fact that uh, Roger Moore, Sir Roger mm-hmm. Moore, um, sadly passed away on the twenty third of of May. Um, age eighty nine. Good innings, but. I mean, the man was a legend. A yeah, legend but what he wanted to do was, like I said, the before, didn't we? It's too obvious to do bombs. Well, yeah, because... It's just I, too... I think, and what can you keep saying about well, it? Exactly. But all the same, really. I mean, actually, I got in touch with um, uh, a few people about that. And, you know, they said that, that... You know, there's loads of podcasts out there that do um, that do uh, Bond, most notably the one at the moment, which is the James Bond Radio, which is a brilliant show. And, mm. you know, you can't get much more... You know, information about that. And also for, for your ears only, which is a wonderful show, which is no longer going. But Tom and Chris who do James Bond Radio. They do the musical Bond. They do like behind the scenes. They promote all of the kind of things you want to get. And if you, and they've just finished doing Roger Moore. In fact, they're, they're doing a Tim Dalton or going to do Timothy Dalton now. Um, is that Roger Moore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but I think we were d- discussing which one to do. And I've totally thought I'd do Man Who uh, Haunted Himself, but it's, we haven't seen that in, in years. Uh, yeah. I know, I know but, he loved that but, film. And, but I think the fact Wild Geese is such a fun film and one where he actually plays, he filmed this during his role as Bond. And he's against and type. He's, against type. He's type. Because like I said, you know, he's not very nice, isn't he? It's Sean Finn. No. He's not nice. No. He's, like I said, he's, he's your save if you get him the film, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but Rog, born Roger George Moore in Stockwell, London, and, uh, on the 14th of October 1927. Um, and uh, I have to say, I mean, I met, I didn't meet him, that's a lie. So I went and saw him on stage, and I literally front row seats, and he was sitting from probably where your door is. No. Man, I mean, he was, I think it must have been about two years ago, but he was still touring up to November, I think, when he was found out that he had cancer. And he still was doing the odd interview, and he he hid that really well. But you know what? He still had a twinkle in his so eyes. Twinkle in his eye and he was so self-deprecating. It's funny. I was reading Peter Davison's book, his autobiography, which I'll have to lend you. Uh, and he's so self-deprecating in it. I don't know if it's a British thing to do that. I think it must well be. But Roger Moore, and I said to you, when you watch this film, I honestly think Roger acts yeah, um, both because they just I think there's no doubt. Richard Burton is going through emotions. He does know. what? Harry's season. I think Harry's season. I, yeah, really I think Richard Harry's is he's good because I think, I think I, I, you know, I was reading, reading because I was reading some things about it before we did this film and uh, he was talking that he loved this because he got the chance to be with work with, work with child. Yeah. And I think he liked that side yeah. of it even though that bit is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Harry's actually went on to, to say about, um, uh, well, let's say, Richard Harris plays Rafer Janders which is a brilliant name, isn't brilliant it? Name, isn't it? Yeah. That's a, such a good name. Uh, yeah, born Richard St. John Harris. Well, a Richard, St. John? St. John. <laughs> in Limerick, in County Limerick, of course, Republic of Ireland. And uh, 1st of October 1930, passed away on the 21st of October 2002, age 72, in London. Of course, a lot of our younger li- uh, listeners will know Richard Harris is playing uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore yeah. in the first couple of uh, Harry Potter films. And again, he enjoyed doing that because he, he did was it playing his kids. Did it for his kids, uh, and, and, I mean... This picture here of Harry's in 1985, he doesn't look too bad, actually. No, no. In fact, I think he probably started to calm down an awful lot. I think his reputation in the 70s had started to ruin his career, of being slightly awkward on set. Well, did you see that brilliant thing where it was uh, the interviews and that, uh, with um, Parkinson? I watched um, at Christmas and it had the Richard Harry's interviews. Yeah. 
and he was talking about being sober in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he said he used booze because he was bored. Yeah, I think... Uh, he's bored. He, he had a mind, didn't he? I think a lot of drinkers, heavy these drinkers, I've got such active minds, get bored. Yeah, I mean, um, he also was a singer. Uh, he did... Uh, uh, yeah. MacArthur Park. MacArthur Park, Park. yeah. It's amazing, that. He's the planet on Stuart McCartney and Matt Oh, yeah. yeah, it's amazing, Matt Oh, Kev, Kev was a big fan of Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's sort of not singing, he's sort of speaking. Doing a bit of a shout out. Like Clint Eastwood used to do it as well, didn't they? Why not? I talk to the truth. <laughs> and Shatner. But I think he's a little bit better singer than he's Shatner. He's better than Shatner. Shatner's yeah. music's amazing, but in the wrong reason. Now, um, he's got a couple of uh, relatives that are most well-known, Annabella Wallace, and of course, uh, his children, Damien and Jared Harris. Jared who, Harris. Uh, my favourite Moriarty. Yeah. He's amazing. I, I just like that actor anyway because mm. he's just in loads of stuff that I love. Loads of stuff. Uh, now, the fourth uh, actor in this, uh, probably the, the least well-known, uh, mainly, is uh, Hardy Kruger. I love Hardy Kruger. He's a kid. Uh, who plays Lieutenant Is he Peter brain brain Cortez. No, he's not. Hey, he's still alive. We've got a live one. <laughs> well, at, at the point of recording. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, born, oh dear me, France, Urbahand August Kluger uh, at, at, uh, on the 12th of April 1928 he's currently aged 89 in Wedding Berlin Germany a year, uh, years active he's retired now 1944 to 2011 so interesting information for you that I thought you might like Cal uh, Hardy Kluger was born as the son of a confirmed Nazis of course in Wedding Berlin 1928 quote I was raised to love Hitler He's, I don't know why I did that in the German. Why did you do that? I don't know why. Sorry, people. He's hair freak. He was hair freak. <laughs> I, was <laughs> raised. Uh, I was raised to love Hitler, he stated in a 2016 interview. From 1941, he went to an elitist Adolf Hitler school at the Ordensburg oh. Sonferfen. Apologies yeah. if I've got that wrong. At the age of 15, Hardy made his film debut in a German picture, The Young Eagles. But his acting career was interrupted when he was conscripted into the German... Wehrmacht. Wehrmacht. Wehrmacht, thanks, Carl. In 1944, at the age of 16. Bloody hell, I was Hitler Youth and all that. I didn't ah, know that. Ah, but... In March 1945, Kruger was then conscripted into the 38th FS, SS Division... Bloody hell. Nibelungen, where he was drawn into heavy fighting before being captured by American forces. Uh-huh. The 16-year-old Kruger was ordered to eliminate a group of American soldiers. When he refused, uh-huh. he was sentenced to death for cowardice but another USS, I keep saying USS, yeah, yeah. another SS officer stopped the order. Kruger described this experience as his break with Nazism. He later served as a messenger for the SS, but he escaped and hid out until the end oh, of the war. That's really amazing. He is today a member of the Amado Antonio Foundation and frequently speaks out against right-wing extremism, also citing his own experiences. That's right. That's it. I'm going to look for a Hardy Kruger uh, biography now. Yeah. That's an amazing story. I thought, I thought you'd like Bloody that. Hell. I thought you'd like that. Um, making a supporting role... Which is amazing. You forget. <laughs> it's got Stuart Granger in it. Stuart Granger. Uh, Sir, Ed, Sir Edmund Matheson. Burn James. Oh my God! Did those people say about him? He's like the classic Englishman, isn't he? He is. Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe like what's his name? Uh, George Sanders. Yeah. It just such a. It wasn't English. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but it's such a classic Englishman, isn't he? He is. I, yeah. I didn't know that you were telling me some facts about him. Yeah. Now, uh, Stuart Granger was John James Labarge Stuart. On the 6th of May, 1913, in Kensington, London. Uh, sadly passed away on the 16th of August, 1993, okay. aged 80 in Santa Monica, California. Uh, he was otherwise known, of course, as Jimmy Stewart, but they had to change his name for obvious mm. reasons. Uh, he was active 1933 to 1993, but had retired at this point. Why is my computer doing that? Yeah, yeah, all right. 
Someone tried to cut him back then. Okay, sorry, she landed on it. I think it's in a fact. I think. I think it was the fact somebody dropped out and he agreed to do it. He's not in it a lot, but when he's in it, he's really good in it, isn't mm. he? Now, I've just took, uh, took up um, Jack yeah, Watson yeah, no, here. Because he's so classic in this. Oh, yeah, who plays RSM Sandy Young. And uh, um, he was also played a very similar character in the film The Devil's Brigade in 1968. I've, I've saw that. It's about the Canadian, uh, sort of like a Canadian dirty dozen. Yeah. Film. He was born 14th May 1915 in Thorny, Cambridgeshire. Sadly passed away 4th of July 1999, age 84, in uh, Bath, Somerset. Um, he's an art bastard in this. Oh, yeah. Not no. language there, but there's no other way because... His language in this is atrocious. Yeah, do you want to say the classic line that he says? Get up, you fucking abortion. Which is amazing. <laughs> we should use <laughs> and that. And that's the nice one. Yeah. <laughs> He's so terrible in this. Now, I thought this was another little fact here I thought you might like. Yeah. That his last major TV role was in the award-winning Edge of Darkness in 1985. Oh, well, and he died 14 years later. So that was his actual last TV, TV oh, role. Right. Yeah. He comes across as a fucking hard man in this. And you can imagine he really was. Well, fucking was, yeah. My stomach is running, I do yeah. uh, Again, making another supporting role in his film is Frank Finley, who plays Father uh, Gogan. Well, actually, that's the same uh, name as my mate Glyn. Um, born 6th of August 1926 in Farmer of Lancashire, passed away 30th of January 2016. He's oh, only, again, only about 15 minutes. He was. 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 He uh, Keith Griffith, uh, who played the oh, medic well, Arthur Witty. Which is, you'd never get away with a gay character like this not in the as, film now. Not as openly, openly... Uh, openly gay, and they all call him faggots. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey! He was born Kenneth Reginald Griffith on the 12th of October 1921 in Tenby, uh, Pembrokeshire, Wales. Sadly passed away 25th of July in 2006, age I think he played loads of roles sort of like that, though, didn't Yeah, they? I mean, he, he was most well-known for me, of course, as playing... Um, uh, the guy in uh, The Prisoner, a TV programme we are doing in September yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah, we've been on about to mark the 50th anniversary yeah. of the oh, showing of yeah. The yeah. Prisoner. Yeah. Um, other roles in this was Jeff Curry as Mr. Martin, Barry Forster as somebody, because I just pressed the wrong button. Yeah, I mean, you know me, oh, I love Barry Forster. I really like Barry Forster. You know, like I said, he's in my favourite Abbey Hitchcock film, so I just really like him. And he always looked the same, maybe like uh, with curly blonde hair, didn't they? Yeah, uh, Winston Natasha. If we ever did a blooper reel. Oh, yeah, yeah, it'd be Black Man. It'd be It would, yeah. Can you, how do you say that? It's a South African name, I think. That's Nshona. Nshona. Julius Lambini, yeah. Okay, yeah, as uh, President Julius Lambini. And Ronald Fraser, another person who plays Sergeant John McDowell, who pops up in the North that, Yeah, if you know, if, even if you think, I don't know that name, you see a picture of him and go, if you saw the British film in the 70s and 80s and had the army in it, he was in it. He was definitely He's just in it. And he's got the one with the weirdest line. What about your wife? Oh, I left her a note. I left her a note, yeah. I'm good enough to find her. Let's leave her a note. Uh, David Ladd, who of course is Alan Ladd Jr.'s son, plays Sonny, the person that Michael, uh, sorry, Michael Game, Roger Moore kills at the beginning. Other notable actor as Rushton, of course, is Patrick Allen. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, he's got Patrick Allen. Patrick he's got Allen. the most amazing voice most in the world. Most amazing isn't? voice. Oh, like yeah. Him and Richard Burton. Must have been a room with them two. Them two it must have been bloody amazing. Now, the interesting thing about um, Patrick Allen, I think we've said this about, maybe I'm sure we said it before. No, we didn't, because that our podcast got shelved. Um, but he was also played um, Count Sebastian Moran. In Sherlock Holmes, in the Jamie Brett years. Thank you, oh, Wayne. Right. And, and he did loads of voiceovers. That's he, what he's famous he for. He is. Know? And most well known for us, of course, was the voiceover artist for Vic and Bob's Big Night Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Moore, and Shooting Star. Is he still kicking in? No, he oh, passed yeah, away yeah. the 20th of July 2006. <laughs> but there's an actor, a voice actor, who copies his voice 
uh, on the TV now. Uh, mine does all the kind of like, you know, lottery kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you two could win this. Um, and that's and his character in this is really weird because you don't know who he is and he's in it for about three minutes stands around you think he's a bit dodgy and that's it yeah, it is, yeah. get in get out that's what that film's all about in it for actors yeah. get in say hello get in, say hello and get out <laughs> um, okay so there's a load of bump there but we oh yes here's the thing about Richard Harris okay so um the film is based on a novel The Wild Geese with, uh, which you and Lloyd read prior to the publication and he optioned it uh, as a budget originally for nine million, uh, Lloyd initially had reservations about casting Richard Harris because of his wild reputation. Really uh, he was blamed for Golden Rendezvous going over budget by one point five billion due to what? his drinking and rewriting the script. <laughs> the insurers only agreed to uh, Harris being cast if Lloyd put up his entire salary as a guarantee. Can Harris help. put up half of his six hundred thousand pound fee. Still and a that, lot of money then, really. Like, yeah. Bloody hell! And the producer would sign a declaration at the end of every single day saying Harris had not held up filming due to drinking or misbehaving or rewriting lines. Um, I'd already made inquiries about the holdups on Golden Render Voice, said Lloyd, and I discovered that the blame was not entirely on Harris's. So, as I wanted him for the part, I took the gamble, and it was a gamble. If he misbehaved, he'd start losing days, it would have cost me, come out of my pocket. Harris did not know about the arrangement right. until the end of the shoot. Uh, I was the only wild member. Okay, I'm going to have to do this. I was the only wild member of the cast. Uh, quipped Roger Moore later. Harrison Burton will on the wagon and crew and never emerge from his room with his lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, third uh, uh, link to James Bond. What, oh, do, you right, think, what do you think it is? Oh, oh. Don't know what. Maurice Bindat did the titles for this. Oh. Alright. Film. Oh, right. uh, the, oh, no, yeah, the is really good actually. Really good. I mean, really good. Oh yeah. Now let's talk about the film. Count, please jump in because I'll just mm. make a quick note. It's a very simple story, isn't it? It's a very simple story. Do you think it's a little bit of a thing having Concord right at the beginning? Mm. It's like if you look at that, you know, you think, oh, Britain was better then. <laughs> That's what I think about it. Not yeah. not politically, but No, not politically. I, no. no, 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 no. Like I said, don't you but, but I mean when you just fly in on you don't know if he's feeling that. He could just that could just be a picture and he's drunk at the airport. Yeah. You don't really know, do you? So you are you saying that you think because that's weird because um Is he just so, so he's, he's just arrived on as, oh, as he does he's just been watching the air doing nip to uh duty free. I can't wait for that, it's late to come and pick me up. He goes, Well yeah, he goes cold and he goes, I'm cold. Right, and he's drinking he's going that cold, yeah. though. You're British. Where's he been? <laughs> Where's he been? So yeah, Richard Burton there, he comes off the drain, drinking his booze from the yeah, bag, yeah. meets with Stuart Granger, who's looking bloody dapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What saying. And I love that line where uh, Stuart Granger's character turns around and says, please, feel free with my whiskey. I will. Bury my liver. He's happily doing it, he goes, bury my liver with four minutes. I love that line. <laughs> I'm going to have that as well. Yeah, it's such a brilliant line because all these corners must have been jokes thinking mm. that Richard Burton was going to be drinking. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was, weren't yeah, it? Next, we all, everyone knew Richard Burton was a hardcore drinker. Alcoholic. So <laughs> let's put him in there. But he must have been playing you bastards. You bastards. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, now, Roger Moore turns up driving a white Jag, which of no, course... I really, like, I really like him, really. Like I said, he's a really dodgy fucking guy. He is. But he's driving a white Jag. Which is like his XJS. Not that, ah, the Return of the Saints XJS, which of course was on at the time. Uh, he got an overview. He used to love that car, didn't he? Yeah, these oh, XJS. Yeah. And we got to see it at the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah. 
Um, yeah, now he comes in and he finds out that the job that he'd just been given was apparently as a drug smuggler, which he doesn't agree with. He's just like a bit, yeah, you're doing everything out. No, 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 can't fucking touch drugs but this is what makes his character a lot different from his Bond character because he comes in he's having none of it from the hard guy yeah and he shoots him in the head shoots him in the head even though he's alright with him and he thinks he's mate <laughs> and then he ends up giving the, the young lad says oh, yeah. eat it all and then he's going out by the way there's some strict nine in there yeah. <laughs> it's like you got a bat you got a bat now um <laughs> I love the way he just shoots the thug, though. Yeah, yeah. Now, Harris, I'll put him in notes, looking pretty healthy. And there seems to be, when uh, Harris and Richard Burton meet up, because obviously the agreement is that Harris it, will do this job if he can get hold of his men that he wants. Burton, Burton says, I'll have, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I can't find Sean Finn. And he yeah. goes, you can, and then blah, blah, blah. And he also does a thing, he goes, and I'll give you the bill in a bit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you don't know how much you're going to come to. Um, I love the fact that there does seem to be genuine affection between Richard Harris and uh, Richard Burton. Now, I didn't know I was going to ask you about this because I always heard remember there was sort of they didn't they had a funny relationship where they didn't get on. But you were saying they actually did get on. Yeah, I think they did get on. I think there was a lot of respect between the two. But I think it's another one of those things where people because they were very similar in their drinking and very similar in their kind of like nightlife stuff. I mean, I could be wrong. Don't get me. Don't say the right. You know, as if I'm speaking gospel. But they always like to make out that people are enemies. Yeah. They're not really. And Richard Harris was a lot younger than him. Oh, he yeah, must have been a lot yeah. younger than anyway, mustn't he? he well, must have been. Look, uh, because Harris when he did, I did, I went to Harris. Was, so work out, right? He was 58 when he brain bred, or Burton, so he must have been, what, was he 78? Well, Harris was born in 30, Burton was born in 25, so it was five oh, years five difference. Years. Oh, not as much as you think, bloody hell. And more was 1927. Bloody hell, Richard Burton was not aging well, wasn't he? aging well, oh no. But I think that, you know they do look like a genuine affection for each other. As this, as this I mean, film is that, I yeah, I suppose so. It's just I think people wanted them to be rivals, didn't they? Yeah, they actually, it doesn't have you call him a, or just Burton call him a clown, an idiot, and a maniac. <laughs> that's that brilliant. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he calls it that. He calls it. Yeah, it's a really good Yeah. Then we suddenly get uh, oh, Patrick Allen comes in. He's talking about the contract, and then we get the classic recruitment scene where the yeah. the sitting area looks down. Oh, oh, I really like that. And it yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he did that. That was on a whim. Was it? <laughs> so all the reaction is like a true. Oh, right. I give it in there. Um, but the thing is well you've got the sergeant major who's doing his roses and his wife comes out and turns around and clearly there's a lot of history that's gone on there yeah, and yeah. this woman knows that Sandy might not come back of course the sad thing is he doesn't come back no, no, which, no. which is I was gutted when he gets killed well I said my thing about this part of the film is how, how much fun this film is and blah blah actually it's a very sad film that yeah. all these men right unless they're fighting they feel unfulfilled. Yeah. They'd rather be old and die in the bloody thing from well, the bodies left there than, than be the wives. Yeah, yeah. They're, what, they're so sad, really. What did you say that this film is, really? Well, no, to me, it's like... A precursor of... Yeah, pre- well, this is what I wanted The Expendables to be like. Yeah. Right, I thought, when The Expendables come out, it's going to be about these old people. Oh, God, we know it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. And I think you had that in the first one. But then it become about like a bloody Rambo I mean, where they're taking on all not enough. No, yeah. I want it to be about them being old and they can't do it as good as in this. Well, because... that kind of like a quote movie, didn't it? At the end, I'll yeah. quote, let's quote out. I, I told you that. that. I told you I turned that film off with the bit where it went. Oh, there's a lone wolf coming in, yeah. and that's it off. Because like <laughs> that's just so bad. But this film has did got you know, that. Did you, did you not see the one with um, Mel Gibson? 
No, no, no. I, I love Mel. Good. I love Mel Gibson as well. So, but I think now I said all this bit, it's like really sad, really. Mm. They're all old, been overweight, but still at the prime. And then he says, "I'm like, you're not at your bloody prime." I, I think as well. Yeah, he was like, "You I, I think, yeah, you got the man in the pub who's going, "Yeah, I'll do it." Yeah, which is no, the, that's not because when Hardy Krug is in the pub, yeah. they? they're all in the pub. Or the one who goes. One another half, and that's how he gets in. Yeah. One another half. But why is he too German? Drink, oh, wow, South African. Drinking in the bloody East End pub, drinking half the lager. Yeah, just drink it. But also, what I think is that it's about that Richard Harris has got a son and he's arranging Christmas and all that. Yeah. And then, the, the, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, thingy, Patrick Allen turns around and says, Oh, and by the way, it's been moved forward. Move forward. And Richard Harris is acting in this. The realisation that he's going to have to let his son down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just heartbreaking. <laughs> oh, he does. He's still yeah. got the most, uh, you know, simplest way he talks him into it, you know. Yeah. He goes round his house, doesn't he? Right, he goes, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going with you. I'm not going. You sure? No, I'm not going. Have a look at this map. All right. <laughs> That's yeah. it. The next minute he's on board. And you can see him looking going, eh, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> <and he's laughs> Now you've got the, the classic training exercise here. Where uh, no, it's, it's got some brilliant stuff in this, <laughs> hasn't it? You can, in war movies, some of the best war movies, the best stuff is in the training thing, mm. like in uh, Full Metal Jacket, like in uh, Heartbreak Ridge, isn't it? Or Platoon, all the good stuff. He's really, the, I love this stuff. Yeah. Because he's such a hard bastard. If he oh, this is where he goes on your feet, you fucking abortion. <laughs> uh, Richard Burton does generally look like he's going to have a heart attack. No, because he goes, what they have to do? They have to like, Trot a bit, then run, then jump on the floor, don't yeah, they? And, then and, and if you don't get up, I'll kill you. And he shoots the floor. It's like, yeah, because yeah, like, I can't move. I'm like, you are, mate. There's a good, I mean, there's a good bit of morale on the mercenaries, which is always quite nice. And then you get the Christmas Day bit, which they find out then, of course, they're going earlier than they thought. And there is that touchy moment where um, uh, Richard Harris turns, well, we're going to say the actor's names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared turns around and says about um, him, uh, Harris's character being Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. of course, does link at, the end of, link at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all the nerves on the plane about jumping out. That's really good way they're all sitting there. Oh, what does Roger Moore say? Roger Moore turns around and says that flippant line, doesn't he? Like no, the, my, my favourite line he says to Roger Moore is when he's on that, doing the parachute jump. Yeah. He goes, you're not jumping out of a whorehouse now. <laughs> <laughs> he's made oh, his no. face his eye bang. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is the thing that got me. Fucking ostriches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ostriches running about. I hate ostriches. I don't, I don't like the way they run. I'm gang. No, 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 no. I just keep thinking of like having some... Uh, yeah. Hedge trimmers. Cutting the necks off. But one thing you could say about this film so far, what you'd say is... There's no... I've, one thing I'd say about this film, that there's not much in it, really, for women. No. Oh, no. The women in this film are sidelined. There's only two. Yeah. One is one of Sean Finn's bit of stuff who gets beat up. And oh, yeah, that's quite a hard one to see, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't know, I think she might be the only woman in it, isn't she? Uh, well, the, the, the lady turns around and tells him to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's not a film about well-rounded men. No. No, and I think that's sort of and that's point, what's isn't it? Really, I think, I think that's that sort of the point. They're yeah. all sort of lost in life, aren't they? Now, is this... <laughs> I like the fact that, one, you've got the, the wicked crossbow shooting. The Hardy Krueger shoots, shoots the guards with the crossbow and has to run forward and shoot one. Rog Moore, Sir Rog, chomping on a cigar. Chomping on a cigar, How awesome looking it is. But the, the thing as well, which I think is slightly... Which I don't, you couldn't do now unless you set a film in his time period. Is the fact that I've been calling uh, the uh, president Kaffa? Uh, uh, I think the thing that's dated the most, the sexism 
and sort of homophobia. Hmm. It's sort of a laugh because they're his mates. So I think I think the homophobia is not. There's not really no. He's just called. They're all calling him faggot, but yeah. he's the mate, you know. And they all start to say, "Why aren't you coming? You coming?" And he's going, "Well, no, boys. I'll wait for you all when you get back." Yeah, yeah. There's, you know that, right? And it's sort of funny because I mean, but the racial stuff in yeah. it is dodgy. It's well, like we're a bunch of we're a bunch of white people. Yeah. We're just gonna fly in, have a laugh, have a booze up, and then basically slaughter everyone. But do you not think that's quite apt for the apartheid kind of? Oh, thing? I, I think it sums up out the brutal time. But to use the N word, I'm not gonna say because I don't like saying it really. What you say? Cause well, you say it's just the N word. They, they use niggers a lot, don't they? Yeah. Hardly you think, creep the sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Because uh, uh, I'm in Africa. I don't like niggers, but I don't want to kill them. And well, it's like a really weird bit. He does that explanation of the fact that why well, he calls him a kaffir. Yeah. That um, is a good bit. I think that, that was obviously put in. Uh, I think well, that was put in. Also, We've got to have that explanation Yeah, bit. I mean, Michael Caine, I think we said this in the, in the trivia bit, but I think Michael Caine refused to do this film because of... You can imagine Michael Caine, you can't, yeah. yeah, you just can't. And he refused to do it because of the party. I mean, obviously, anyone else to give a shit. But on the film... Um, they had none of that. It was mixed. Uh, the, the 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 black actors mixed with the white actors. They were drank and ate together. Uh-huh. Had a good time. And and uh, it is mentioned a bit later on that, of course, it got there's lots of protests again because of course there's a whole thing about you know boycotting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. But the film was shown uh, and was reported in a magazine that was um, supporting and promoting equal rights for for blacks. Yeah, yeah. And you know against segregation. They actually this film is really good. It, it actually supports I think. And though that that report was given out to all the people protesting, they didn't bother reading it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't care because, like usual, a lot of people protest about stuff who have no yeah. idea what's going on. The actual thing of this film is they're trying to say the, the president. The, 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 they're trying yeah. to say getting back to his people. It's just a fun for that. They're killing. Oh, people. well, he died. Which is, oh, well, we'll get to that anyway. Yeah. Um, what have I put here? Cigar champion more. Uh, a lovely grenade throw. There's a lot of grenade throw and a lot of oh, There's a lot of death in this film. There's an awful lot of death in it. Mm. It's like I said, it's sort of violent without being violent, weirdly. You look back and you think, oh yeah, loads of people get slaughtered in that film. Now I've put double cross the bastards. Why have I put that there? Because that's the bit where the. Oh yeah! The oh, well, they. Because they, 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 I think it's all gone smoothly. Yeah. No, but you've got to make the sign I did. It's a people in the sleep. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to do that. It's like killing all them people at the airport. You don't have an injury airport. It's like all them other fucking progulating. You shouldn't take one. So it's probably not waiting for me flight, you bastards. They've got the president. They could easily sneak out. Yeah. But instead they go in as if they're killing wasps. Yeah. Going, psh, psh, yeah, you're killing all those. Yeah, no need to kill all them people. Although well, you do get the you get you get the extra pa- paid extra. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But they get to the airport and then ah, oh, you bastards, Stuart Granger, turn around and goes, I don't know why they do that because oh, they get paid off by they get paid off to get the co- it's all about it's coppers. It's all about yeah, copper, isn't yeah. It? So they they make a deal in London with the other people, so they even think actually we don't give a shit about the prison there. Let him die and also sacrifice the others. That thing. Then they get stuck on the bridge and that's terrible because actually it's really good stuff. Work. I really like this with the plane. I think it's really good, isn't they it? They blow the thing. You get that one stuntman who's on fire, and then you get the the. It's obviously a dummy in there. Just that body on fire. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, it's so disturbing. I yeah, think that yeah. is really is. Um, then he has to kill his own men. Ah, oh, that bit where Burton walks up and he goes, "We can't take him with us," and he just shoots them. Yeah. Oh, no, there's some really oh, horrible. But stuff. they are mercenaries. Yeah. That's the thing. Isn't well, they see that's it. That's the point. I mean, you know, they there ain't no no camaraderie. You know, you're gonna get out. Nah, nah. But um. You, what is nice though is that the, the relationship building between the president and, 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 Kruger, and yeah. his character because there's a really good bit there he's talking about uh, you know oh you know you're kicking this out and blah de blah, blah, blah we built this country but it's like yeah but it's our country yeah. we've got to try and work together 
Then they said that we'd all got the same blood under our feet. Mm. If we're Africans, we've got to work together. Yeah. But the white, the white Africans don't want to work with the black yeah. Africans. But what, don't you think it's going to be free, though? That Kruger then turned around and goes, it's almost like it's a revelation. Oh, I hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't take a lot of convincing. I think it was just a way of making I think a bit of appeasing it yeah, was yeah. oh you know that we you know this is the part the part the film's about but it's not really about that. Now can I just bring on about <laughs> I put, I don't know why I put they, they, they get to care about you just hang on tight bloke I don't know if I put that. Um, but the medic gets killed by that machete attack. No, it's a, but he's making a quip as he's about to. It was all your big boys, isn't it? It's like even after put a double arm time, the guy double arm time, but he's about to be chopped up with a machete, yeah. and he's chopped up because he's chopped ooh, up. your big boy. <laughs> that you would not get away with. No, I mean, this suddenly turned into a Frankie Howard movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what I really did like as well was the, the uh, black soldier pointing the colonel in the right direction, how important those soldiers were, which yeah. was really nice. Then Peter dies a hero by shooting uh, shooting while running. That's amazing, that is. It's a really that. brutal scene, really, oh, yeah. isn't it? He's it still is. trying to save the the, uh, the president, and he dies a hero. And yeah. sort of, but then again, it's all like, oh, he's dead. There's yeah, no yeah. sort of like... No, no, no. There's no, no, there's no emotional resonance nah. in this film. And I, in a way, I think it's sort of done on purpose, because loads of people go, oh, yeah, it's, cause, yeah, it's all it's bad script. No, these are no. cold bastards. These are murderers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a mercer is a murderer because you're not fighting for an army well, of murderers. This is really when you think about what James Bond is because he's a he's okay, he's not a mercer because he's a paid killer. But he's, he's a psychopath. cold-hearted he's psychopath. A psychopath though, he he's a psychopath. Yeah. Um, now I've put here. Uh, oh, here comes the priest. Typical arse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you would get there's a relationship between him, but he's just being an arse, and then gives him over to the air. Oh, there's an airplane here. Eh, tell my tears. It's such a cliched Irish person. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. On a donkey. <laughs> it's like, it's like they're going through there, isn't they? The black people can't save us. Gonna have a fucking white bloke. Am I, am I a Catholic? Yeah, on a donkey. Am I a Catholic priest? On a donkey. Can't be bothered with horse. Yeah. On a donkey. I thought that sort of reminds me of the bit in Zulu that does. The bit where uh, the farm, oh, you know, yeah, where they yeah, go to and that. You pinch yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of like that. Classic shootout at the airport. But I've put a falling like <laughs> falling oh, like no. flies here. It is sort of, it is sort of like Hot Shots Part Two, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it is. is. It's it like people running. Away. I love the bit of move your bloody asses. Yeah, yeah, pass yeah. It on. But then Sandy dies, which is really annoying because one is my favourite character. But you kind of think, don't kill him. Then Harry dies, and then you get well. This is what I've put here: heroic music. You get the heroic music, but they're all dead. Yeah, yeah. What's heroic about it? There's, no, all no, there's nothing in this film heroic, right? They're doing it for money. They're invading a foreign country, killing loads of innocent people who are just doing their fucking jobs. And he shoots his mate. Yeah. And he's back home. Hey. So there's, so there's only so much. Yeah. Um, I think what's it, Ronald Fraser's in there, isn't he? Yeah, he's alive. Yeah. They said, they said there's 11. They said there's 11. Because yeah. I think there's 18 at the beginning, isn't Because yeah. he goes through all the scuff. I think there's 18, 11 come back. Yeah. No, I don't think there's 11 come back. Is it? Oh, maybe there is. I'm not sure. The president dies, and then it's time for payback. So old Richard Byrne comes on, kills Sir Edmund, which is really nice. Uh, nicks the $1,000 bill, because I'm going to have to pay that. And then the very last line is he goes up to uh, Richard Harris's son in it and says, let's talk about your father. His son seems quite chipper about that. I was going to say, he's, he's like, he's, his son's not the best actor in that, though, is he? No. Nah. Although he does look like someone who I seem to remember, yeah. but I don't know who he is. I just can't stand a bit in that when he goes, scream, and he goes, yahoo, what the fucking hell, screams, because yahoo, I hate that. Yahoo. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you, would you like some fun facts? It must have a lot in it. It's a yeah. film. Here's some fun facts, and none of them are fun. No, right. Okay. Uh, the production was also the subject of controversy, as said, because film was undertaken in South Africa during the apartheid regime. And because of the film's portrayal of black characters, 
They were protested by anti-apartheid campaigners at the film's London premiere and warned of the protest. Producer Lloyd brought copies of the newspaper articles reporting the film's premiere in Black Township of Soweto, where it had been received with enthusiasm and approval. Right. Uh, the film was picketed in Irish cinemas by the Irish anti-apartheid movement. Right. Mm. Uh, the one everyone remembers is the run to the plane, particularly since Richard Harris saves another actor from being killed. The sequence with some mercenaries already on board and others sprinting to reach them concluded with Harris's character being killed. Yeah. As the scene was being filmed, actor Graham Clark stumbled while attempting to clamber into the movie right. Dakota. And in the finished film, he's barely noticeable, but in real life was terrifying. So he actually saved him in real life. Bloody hell. Because, you know, they would, they'd never do that anymore. They'd never have a bunch of actors running behind a plane. Yeah. You can see, it's like, it's, it's such a different world oh, God, of yeah. filmmaking and everything. Well, it says here, Richard Harris was screaming, says Carney, the wing at the back of the plane was just about to decapitate Clark. Bloody so hell. Richard ran and did the most unbelievable rugby tackle out of the scene and brought him down as the back wing went over his ah. head. All our eyes bulged and Richard forgot the shot and went to save this boy. Clark would have been decapitated in yeah. degrees with his co-star. It was soft river sand and Graham fell. Harris was about three feet behind him and pulled him from under the wheel of the plane as well. It's the most courageous thing I've ever seen a star do in my life. I have to take my hat to Richard Harris because he must have known the dangers and just brushed it off. Bloody hell. How cool is that? that is uh, Roger Moore requested to have fewer lines in the scenes with Richard Burton and Richard Harris, and this kind of request was almost unheard of from a major star. His reasoning was, you don't expect seriously expect me to act against these guys. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I saw words of him not speaking a lot. I, I can understand what he means. Yeah. It's just because of the sheer gravitas of Burton of, of and Harris. Yeah. You know, like I said, he looks ill, doesn't he? He's old, Burton. But you can't take your eyes off him when he's on the screen. Because when he gives you that fucking stare on oh, yeah. screen, he looks mean. He looks like he's going to do it. It's exactly. like, brilliant. Uh, producer Ewan Lloyd hesitated before offering the role of Witty, the homosexual medic, to his longtime friend, Kenneth Griffith. When finally approached, Griffith said, Some of my dearest friends in the world are homosexuals, and accepted the part, and the character is widely condemned as a homophobic stereotype. <laughs> yeah, it is sort of a stereotype. But, uh, like I said, I just don't think he's done with malice. It's just like no. a bit of army banter, army banter isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the producers originally wanted Richard... Sorry, didn't. Wanted Bert Lancaster for the role of Jaffa Jarvis. Oh, actually, I love Bert Lancaster. Mm. But when he began submitting alterations to the script... To give the character a central role, uh, he was replaced with Richard Harris. Lancaster claimed to have turned the part down because he felt the film was inferior. Mm. Yeah, I love, I love Bill Lancaster, but he was in sense of a savage. That would have he was another fucking boozer. Here's something you might like. Roger Moore has said in his memoirs that Ronald Fraser gave up booze whilst making his film, but Fraser decided to smoke the local pot instead. <laughs> it was mostly stoned for during the whole of the filming. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you can't get a bunch of that. You, you know. No film sets or crew is going to be like this again, is it? Oh, no. Just no. do whatever you want. Uh, in a casino film where uh, Alan Faulkner flirts with a woman dressed as an Egyptian, this woman is actually Richard Burton's wife. Oh, right. Yeah. Ah. Um, there's a bit there. Oh, apparently, uh, old uh, Hardy Kruger uh, didn't really like the film. Uh, he thought the character was a bit crap and everything. Now, this is some interesting. The cost of hiring Colonel Faulkner and his men in 1968 for this mission, no, sorry, I think that meant to be 1978, yeah. this mission, is £720,000 yeah, right. sterling. Yeah. This equates to, this is 2015 currency, $15 million. This is just for the salary, of course. Transport, training, yeah, weapons, yeah. ammo, food and other supplies would add to the total. 100000 Faulkner, 50000 for yeah. Jandas, 30000 for Flynn, 30000 for Cortez, 
20,000 each for the ISMs and four NCOs, 10,000 each, of all the 41 men and half to those if the mission fails. Bloody hell! That's oh, well, that's interesting. Um, according to Ewan Lloyd, Roger Moore liked to drink. Though he was capable of managing it, one morning while driving past Moore's apartment, Lord saw him, Lloyd saw him standing on his front line, lawn in his underpants with his eyes closed holding a garden hose over his head. <laughs> well, that was it. That's it. I think the thing with them kind of actors are probably drunk as much as that, but they just really got quieter about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, last couple of uh, uh, interesting facts here. Ian Yule, who played Tosh Donaldson, had been a real mercenary in Africa in the it 1960s and 70s. He was cast locally in South Africa. He then brought his former commanding officer, Michael Mad Mike Hare, who had led a one what? legion... Mad Mike Hare? He's... Mad Mike. Yeah. I've read his book. He's oh. an amazing bloke. Oh, he's in his film. Oh! <laughs> yeah, he's a commanding Where? officer. Oh, right. That's uh, right. I'm going to have a look for that now. Oh, he might tell you in a minute. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, he then brought his former commanding officer, Michael Mad Mike Hare, yeah, yeah, yeah. who had led one legion of mercenaries, in, in five commando, Army National Congolese, not to be with Falcon Man of yeah. the Second World War, in the Congo crisis in the 1960s to be the technical advisor on this film. So he's technical advisor. Oh, you're also acting advisor. Now, here's the links to Bond. I mentioned already oh. John Glenn, Maurice Binder. But also, you've got Bob Simmons and Terry Richards, who are stuntmen, and Martin Grace, who is also the stunt double for Roger in the James Bond film. Oh, right. I'm surprised. He's got that mad Honestly, he was mad. I'd like to give you a bit of interest. Oh, that's really, really good. So there we go. You can pick up this film for a bargain price yeah. of five. Like I said, there's a lot of people who it's a film. It's not going to be on the TV too much. These I don't days. think. I don't think it'll be on TV at all. Because of the st- maybe that classic TV channel. That yeah, maybe, but not on ITV. I think they'd have, they'd cut so much out of it now. I think if they yeah. cut loads out of it, and well, it spoils that. It spoils. They're bound to cut. Sorry for saying the words, but they're bound to cut out the words Kaffir and nigger. Nigger, right? Uh, the guy I mean, stuff that they're bound to cut that. They're bound to cut. Some I think even some of the they've just brutal violence to innocent people. <laughs> I don't know, like I said, it's just a very bizarre film, but I think it's such a good film at the time. Mm. You know, I always said my favourite cultural period is 76 to 82. Yeah, yeah. Music, film, TV, everything was bloody brilliant. New York. We yeah. can keep on saying about yeah. it. You know, everything was bloody brilliant around that time, culturally. I just think, I think like, if you haven't saw it, and you like The Expendables, watch it, because you see where The Expendables comes from. Mm. It's not as... Glitzy as that, is it? No, it's, it's a bit rough around the edges. It, it is rough. I mean, it's, you, you could probably you probably get away with now saying it's actually like it was a TV movie. Yeah, definitely. It's um, not shot like it's not very cinematic, is it? No, really, but it is. I mean, it's I love classic. it. I, love, I, said, I loved it when I was a kid. Yeah, and I still love it. I know, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a masterpiece. It's all, it's one of the films though. It's like I mean, I, I bought it into you tonight. Yeah, and it's kind of like one of the things where I thought, you know what, I could stuff watch that again. Actually. Yeah, it's, it's a, not something where I think oh, no, no, I watched it. I ain't gonna watch that. Like I said, it's got such great lines with them three. You can, oh, it's yeah. got quote ability over it, and you can always watch fucking Richard Burton and Richard Addison. Oh, and Roger Moore. I mean, yeah, and, not... and this is the thing. If you if you you know you, you're missing Rog, uh, yeah. and, and you think, oh, you know, because obviously he's done some brilliant films um, as Bond and also the man who haunted himself. Uh, but give this one a go yeah, and, then, right. and then watch Bullseye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Bullseye. I know you don't like Bullseye. Yeah. Just because of that, it's so shit. Yeah, yeah. But you can tell Michael Caine and Roger Moore having a really good time together. And it's Michael Winner films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't know what we do next because we don't know when this is coming out. No. Um, so, um, and we, well, apart from The Prisoner in September, we're doing Desert Island Desert Flips. Island Flips. We're going to do our see black and white serials kind of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, we've, we've got some other ideas. Some black and white no, 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 that would be a that bad would be racist. <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably get our nan out there. Oh, you would? But not for the right reason. <laughs> I think we'd be quickly sacked. 
yeah. and all the ways. So thank you for listening to us. Again, uh, in a moment, Jen's going to tell you all about where you can reach us at social media. Please do come and join in. It'd be cracking if you could leave us a review on iTunes. We haven't had any reviews of late. Uh, it's always good because the more times that you leave a review, um, it gets us out there into podcast charts. And we're not doing that because we want to be in charts, but we, you know, we love having listeners. Yeah, we, yeah. Do it, we do it because. Uh, and and also, please do keep sending us emails and let us know that you're listening. That's always good to know. We've had some cracking emails, which we'll uh, read out on the next podcast, probably, whenever yeah. that will be. And uh, that's it. God knows what's going on in the future, Cal. I don't know. We don't know when Star Trek's being released. No. Probably it's on Netflix, isn't it, I think? Well, we're getting on Netflix, aren't we, I think? I think, uh, well, I think we're going to get... Whether it's... I think they've got that... Uh, it's on oh, see, Hula. Who? CBS have got their own... Yeah, but we got it, didn't we? We, we, we just got, I think we bought it on... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we hopefully we'll, we'll get some more information about it and then we'll do some other tedious link to it. Yeah, yeah, always... Anyway, uh, see you whenever we see you. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly. Comfy, make yourself comfy. Now then, I mean, you're dead. I didn't know he was a copper. What do you mean you didn't know he was a copper? Well, I've just found out, reading notes about that your dad was a policeman. Is that right? PC168E, Bow Street. You remember the number? Of course I do. I also read that he was a magician. What did that mean? Well, he was, he was an amateur magician. Uh, he was very good. He was wonderful. Well, yeah, actually, he was terrific. He called himself Haphazard the Hazy Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> but, he was, but he was brilliant because he never bought a trick. He would go to masculine and events where they you know, demonstrated tricks. And we would watch it. He was very clever. And he, 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 my father he is alive. I mean, you know, he's not... I'm he's, still, is he not still doing his little tricks? No, he's not he? doing his tricks anymore. Mm. Well, we won't talk I was, about I was, that. I was actually the last <laughs> trick he performed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he would, he would go along and he'd watch how they do a trick and, and go home and make it, because he was brilliant with his hands. You were born in, uh, was it, not Stockwell, but... Uh, Stockwell. It's not what? Stockwell anymore. It's now called Snockwell. Yeah? Snockwell. <laughs> it's, it's a little north of Clam. Oh, really? It used to be Clapham. Oh, right. <laughs> then I went to school in some rhythm. <laughs> but then, you see... Um, you wouldn't talk like that now, I mean, like what you did then. I didn't speak like did that. Did you though. never? No. <laughs> you always spoke like Roger, did you? Yeah, I was always terrible like him. You always terrible? No, I was worse. <laughs> but did you have that South London accent in those days? I don't know, I don't think I did. I, I went rather. Uh, uh... Oh, that would straighten you out. <laughs> I mean, like in diction and. <clears throat> voice production. Voice production, all that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Sing, singing lessons. Oh, we can get on to that in a We moment. have a great deal in common. You know, we both nearly had a singing career. <laughs> right, I wasn't going to touch on that, but I promised to touch on that later. Let's stick with it for a moment. Okay. Right back there, Rada, and your first part. You, the first part, first action part, was that right? It was Cleopatra? You had a walk-on part? No, I, was, I wasn't Cleopatra. No, I didn't. No, no. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked funny, but I didn't play Cleopatra. <laughs> I was... Uh, uh, I had some friend, friends who were doing crowd work. It was during the war. Uh-huh. 
the last World War. Yes. <laughs> and uh, they, they, they were working on a film called Season of Cleopatra, and I, I was taken down, and I was issued, you know, with a toga and a spear, and I don't know, maybe my spear was a bit longer than anybody else's, or my <laughs> toga was a little shorter. Toga was shorter. And, and I was asked uh, if, uh, by the powers to be, if I, uh, I were an actor, and when they found out I, I wasn't, did I want to be, and, uh, and I... Then my father came down, he spoke with them and said, Would, could I be supported if I went to RADA? You and I went to RADA. No, I got to, they, 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 they got me into RADA. One? Well, it was during the war, and there were only four boys to 16 girls in each class, so they, they were glad of me. I was talking to uh, one of your mates, Michael Kane. Huh? Mr. Micklewhite. Mr. Micklewhite, yes. And we talked about acting techniques, which he's very into, you know, less is more and all that, and he was talking about... What, what is your theory on acting, for you personally, your acting team? Say the words don't bump into the furniture. <laughs> You know, the critics, they, they come out, you know, sort of the snide remarks, you know, he's only got two expressions. I actually have three. You know. <laughs> I can put it up, I can put it down, and, and I can just leave it straight. What are we talking the about? The eyebrows. Oh, the eyebrows. <laughs> so you can lift a left eyebrow and a right eyebrow? Yeah, I used to before my eyebrows got heavy. <laughs> we, we were talking... I think I loaned them to Spitting Image. <laughs> <laughs> Michael and I, Mr Micklewhite and I, yeah. were talking about um, oh, the tough life of you actors, you leading men. I mean, he was telling me how he had to kiss Michelle Pfeiffer for four hours, and that's not counting rehearsals. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I suppose your job is fraught with these problems. I mean, you as Bond, I mean, all these gorgeous girls... I mean, there must have been guys in the audience watching you who would give anything to be James Bond. Was it as much fun as you seem to be having up there? Uh, yeah, most days. <laughs> <laughs> Did you used to say to Louise, your wife, I'm going off to work? <laughs> no, yeah, she'd say, don't enjoy it. <laughs> what happened with Aspects of Love? I bought tickets for the opening night. So did I. <laughs> I mean, did you just chicken out? Did you say, I don't want to do this? What am I doing this for? I could be doing a movie and, and earning a lot more. Let's, let's be honest about this. I, 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 I got panicky. I got very frightened. I realised that there was a little more to just singing in the bath than singing in the rain, rather, no, but than, than singing opera, which is what Aspect was. Yeah, it's and, a form of opera. And I, start, I started having nightmares of, uh, where I had to come in without a bell note. Uh, no. There was there was no note to tell me what key where it was, and and I and four other people were going to have to sing after me, and they had to take what I was going to sing. And I remember when I, I did pantomime years and years ago, um, playing King and Jack and the Beanstalk, and I had to sing uh, another bride, another June, and uh, and the cast used to get the pianist buy him drinks in the pub next door and say, play another note. And so he was, he was a drunk, he loved it. He'd get all these drinks and so he played different notes. And so he would go bong and I would go, another bride. <laughs> and in fact, Jimmy James stole my act. <laughs> <laughs> I 
remember Stupid James. You didn't have but a lot of... But you do. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> You're putting around that I'm blocking all that stuff. Let's talk about um, your homes. You, you have, well, you have homes, three homes, don't you? One in America, one here, and one in Switzerland. No. You, but you, actually, Switzerland is your main home. Yes. How are the Swiss? Do you get on with the Swiss? Very well. They, they like me because I don't yodel. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that, I'm told you've got a sense of humour. It's pretty obvious that their sense of humour is, is, is not exactly stretched. Oh, the Swiss do have a sense of humour. Yeah. You know what? You know, you know why they don't swim very well? Why? Well, when they do the breaststroke, they go like this. They're <laughs> 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 all bankers. <laughs> They're all bankers, you see. Where you live in, uh, in Stadt, right? Yeah. Is, is that where you met Audrey Hepburn? Uh, no, I, I, Audrey and I actually modelled together in about 1950. Modelled? I, I didn't. I wasn't going to mention the knitting patterns. I was told you <laughs> you weren't thrilled about. No, not for knitting patterns. We modelled. I think it was for some cold cream, and I, she didn't have spots, or I didn't have spots, and. I was looking over her shoulder, or she was looking over mine, and it was it was you know one of those things, and and over the years we we became friends, and then uh, she became a neighbour in Switzerland, and that's and she is that she uh, inveigled you? Is that how she inveigled you into, into UNICEF? Into UNICEF, yeah, because she, <laughs> she I first realised she was not part of a UNICEF at that time, but she would call me and she would say, listen, the, the, the children are having a race. Would you come? They'd be thrilled if you came. You know, you're James Bond. Would you come and give the prizes? And I say, sure, I would. She was always wanting to do things for children.